The word of God from First John. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he promised us, eternal life. These are your words, Holy Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You have probably heard it, and you have probably said it. But you promised. Those words come after being disappointed, being let down, even being angry after someone has promised something and did not fulfill that promise. We even promise ourselves that we will do things, and then we don't do them, and sometimes we can't do them. This is nothing new. From the time of Adam and Eve, when they fell into sin, people have been making promises that turn out to be empty promises. You keep trying to make deals with themselves, with others, with God, perhaps even with the devil. Just last year, our theater department performed the play Faustus, where a man sells his soul to the devil. That idea should make us stop and think about our own life. Because the devil will try and come and take us as well. He will keep trying to tempt us in the most cunning and skillful and sly and sneaky ways. In the book Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis gives us a, his imagination of how the devil might instruct his demons to come and tempt and torment Christians with false ideas, with false hope, with pride, or with despair. It can be really disturbing because he understands human nature and describes it so well. Don't read it before bedtime. But we need not despair. We need not be without hope. We have sure and certain hope in the promises of God. As John says here, this is the promise that he promised us, eternal life. This promise is a gift from God who gives all good things. The gift from God that comes to us in his word that does not fail. It comes to us in his word when we read it and hear it and sing it and pray it and remember it. Isaiah says, the word of our God shall stand forever. Jesus himself said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That word lives within us. It is planted in us by the Holy Spirit through holy baptism. There he places the name of God on us and makes us his own dear child. We are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit so that we belong to the holy triune God and are his dear children. That word comes again when it is taught to us in sermons, in Sunday school, in catechism, in religion classes, in conversations with our pastor, our family, or our Christian friends. That word of God also comes and joins itself to the bread and wine of Holy Communion, that where we receive the true body and blood of Christ given into death for all our sins. We don't need to sign a contract with the devil in our own blood as Faustus did. God has already signed a contract, a covenant, a promise with us 
with Jesus' blood, shed on the cross and given to us in that holy cup. That word of God is what connects us to God who made heaven and earth. Again, John says, if what you heard, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also abide in the, in the Son and in the Father. What did we hear from the beginning? What does God's word tell us? It tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. He created man, male and female, in his own image. That means he created you. You belong to him. You are dear and precious to him. The word of God tells us that God's son was born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified, and died under Pontius Pilate, died for our sins, and therefore our sins are forgiven. We are purchased with his blood, and we have the inheritance that he earned for us, that inheritance that John calls the promise of God, eternal life. The Holy Spirit teaches us all these things because God keeps his promises. God fulfilled his promise to Adam and Eve to send a son to be the savior of the world, to crush the serpent's head. God kept his promise to Abraham, giving him, making him a great nation, giving him the land of Canaan and sending the savior through his line. God kept that promise to Moses and Israel to set them free from slavery in Egypt and to bring them to that land flowing with milk and honey. That line of the promised Savior continued through the descendants of David all the way until the time of Jesus, the son of David and the son of God, who was born for us in Bethlehem. And then he lived a life without sin for us. And he died a death without guilt for us so that we might not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. This is the promise. God always keeps his promises. We can hold God to that. We can say, but you promised. Not in a threatening or a disrespectful way, but in a way that reminds God what he has said to us. He invites us to bring our concerns, our troubles, our worries, our fears to him. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will answer you and you shall glorify me. He invites us to remind him, not because he forgets, but for us to show our faith and our trust in him. There are many people who will disappoint us in our life and we will disappoint ourselves. There is only one who never disappoints, who does not let us down, who always keeps his promises. So when we say to God, you promised, it can be a statement of faith and trust, a confidence that God will do what he says. What a joy. What an amazing gift that we can never deserve, eternal life. This is what God offers to you and me and to all who believe in what we have heard, the word of God. Hold God to his promises. Trust that he will keep them. And eternal life is yours for Jesus' sake. Amen.